0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Twenty-one plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire one hundred and sixty-eight hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: The Football. With Bangle Jim and friends, we're talking football We hope this never ends Jimmy, James, and Tom are back for more Like Joey B, we're here for season four With Bengal guests and stories not heard before There's Tony, Mark, and Jamie. As well as our charity. Hootay Nation in from far and wide.
0: Every Sunday night, the guys are back
1: at it live. By the fans, for the fans, from day one, it's time to have some fun. We're talking football, with Bengal Jim and friends. We're talking football,
2: we hope this never ends. The bangle boys stop by to drop the speed.
1: Don't so get your popcorn ready and take a seat. Season four will and with the Lombardy.
3: Welcome back, everybody. Uh, season four, episode two. I don't know. How do we top last week of Corey Dillon and Sam Hubbard? We're doing it. We're doing it this week. we got another Bengal legend, Sam. uh, Brian uh, Simmons getting ready to to hop on here with us. We're going to talk about Tony's going to give us an update on the charity duck race. Uh, We're going to talk about the Hall of Fame senior process, give some dates and time frames so you guys have some clarity on exactly what the next steps are in this Hall of Fame process for Ken Anderson. Uh, We're going to talk about Joe Mixon's contract a little bit here. Uh, But guys, we're going to get right into it, okay? We've got uh, Brian Simmons has uh, got to pick up the family from the airport here. We got to get him out of here no later than eight thirty. So, Tom, go ahead and do the intro for uh, Brian Simmons here.
2: We're privileged and appreciate all the juggling of his schedule he did to fit us in tonight. But the Bengals' first round, a first round draft pick in the nineteen ninety eight draft out of North Carolina, uh, played with us for nine seasons consistently. The team leader in tackles and uh, part of the probably the best. Inside linebacker duo uh, in the league at that time between he and Tikiyo Spikes. Welcome to Brian Simmons.
4: Appreciate you, appreciate you having me on, fellas. Hey, what's up, V? How how you doing, buddy? How you doing? I'm good. good. How
3: about you guys? Good. Let's get it going. We got a lot of stuff to get to here. V, go ahead, Tom.
2: So, for Brian, uh, you know when you when you were drafted to come here. Uh, it's, it was a little bit in the middle of a, an attempted reboot and there wasn't a whole lot of talent um, surrounding you. I mean, certainly you had to spikes Willie Anderson deserves to be in the hall of fame and, and later chad came, but uh, you know, we had some, some true stars such as yourself, but then that was, that was about it. Um, what was it like several years later than when Marvin came in a little bit like we've watched here with Zach Taylor, the reboots Mm -hmm. of the attitude in the locker room to make the team into a winner. Yeah.
4: I mean, when when I got to Cincinnati, obviously we had talent, you know, we had guys that could play guys like Sam shade and, you know, Corey Dillon and Willie Anderson and all those guys. But I just think that the structure of the team, the discipline of the team, uh, when I got there in 98, definitely wasn't there. Uh, It was one of those things where you get into it and you get into the locker room and you like, you know, you say this is professional football, right? The way guys conducted themselves, the way that the overall structure of it was. uh, So that was a culture shock for me. Uh, But luckily me coming from a good program uh, that we had success on the field, we were about uh, team building, building guys up. And so when I got to the NFL, I already knew how to work. I already knew how to come in on my days off and do that thing. So what I did was me and Takiyo kind of linked in because we were together. Uh, defensively, and we kind of went through, and we had Adrian Ross also with us, Uh, and then we were able to look at other guys in the locker room that didn't play our position, like Willie Anderson, uh, guys like that that kind of see, all right, who are the guys that's the real pros? Not that's just on a professional football team, but who are the guys that's real pros? And that's my number one advice to guys that come into a situation, whether it's from high school to college or college to pros, and I tell them quickly, identify the guys who – are like what you want to be and link yourself to them and then the other guys who you see are not about the business that you want to be about make sure you stay away from
5: them yeah. tony uh brian um you know you're a coach uh, you've been doing scouting so what's the biggest difference that you see from the time that you came in through the process to getting draft to what you're seeing with the kids today well for me really
4: it's about you know when you go through the process as a player you have no idea like you really have no idea about the the, the level of evaluation that's going on. Uh, I I remember myself. We had two pro days when I was at the University of North Carolina. One was right after the combine, which was probably like five or six days. And Coach Brown wanted to do that that way, so the guys that didn't get to the didn't get invited to the combine wouldn't have to continue with training for another three weeks and get burnt out. So we had that one and then we had another one that was a couple of weeks later. And I remember the first one right after the combine, not even participating at all. And then when I became a scout, I remember thinking, man, I would have thought certain things about that guy that he didn't even participate in the pro day. Um, but so that's just part of it, not really knowing all the, the details that go into it and, and truly knowing exactly how you're supposed to go about your business. Uh, you know, I had no bad intention. Um, you know, by not participating in the combine because I had all the intent to do it on the second one, but just not to even to do anything on that first one. uh, You know, as a scout, I'm like, if if a guy would have done that, I would have thought, you know, certain things about him.
1: Brian, you mentioned Mack Brown, your coach while at uh, North Carolina, who left, went to Texas, did great things back in North Carolina. Now, tell us a little bit of what it was like playing under the legendary college coach
4: it was good. I mean, because uh, one thing coach Brown's about is being accountable, you know, being accountable and holding the players responsible. And they also fostered an environment where the team led the the players led the team. So we wasn't in an environment where we needed coaches to be on your head about do this, do that. And those things served me well once I got to the NFL, because I was already brought up in an environment in terms of football, where you were held accountable, where you would, uh, you were forced to go to class, you were made to do everything right. Because Coach Brown, number one thing was, you never know when you're being evaluated. And he was right. And and, and being a scout, it wasn't until I was scout until I really understood exactly what he was talking about. And being a scout, going in and talking to the coaches, going in and talking to the equipment manager, going in and talking to the academic advisor, talking to anybody that'll talk to you to try to get a holistic view on a player, um, that's when I really realized what Coach Brown was talking about when he said, you never know when you've been evaluated. Speaking of scout
1: drafting players and all that, Jimmy, do you want to go ahead and play the short video um, of the draft?
3: I, I do. Let's go ahead and hit it right here. Night uh, Brian, we will not be able to hear you during a, during this video. So after the video, we'll talk about it a little bit. Here we go. Okay. Seventeenth right.
1: choice in the first round of Cincinnati Bengals select linebacker from University of North Carolina, Brian Simmons. <laughs> Hamel, um, again, right down the middle of the
2: fairway here.
1: Well, it is, I tell you. They liked Anthony Simmons and Brian Simmons. They already added to Keo Spikes, uh, to Dick LeBeau's defense. And when you watch Brian Simmons here, number 41, another guy that really plays an all-around game. You don't have to take him off the field. He can get into the backfield. Not as strong at the point as some linebackers are. Not a dominating blitzer like others are. But when you watch Simmons, sideline to sideline, great pursuit skills, Tremendous in pass coverage. That's what really separates him. His junior year and his senior year against Florida State, here against Dad Busby, he was an exceptional coverage linebacker means stick with those not gonna have to be concerned boomer with a guy like brian simmons even takiyo spikes for that matter multi-dimensional linebackers in that three four scheme well that's what the three fours are all. 17th choice, 17th choice in the Hey brian the one thing that that uh, you hear me okay brian
4: yeah i hear you
1: okay one thing that sticks out to me that first highlight there against syracuse you got donovan McNabb in the backfield not many yeah. uh Collegiate guys uh, did that. You remember much about that
4: game? I, I do, and so that game was a kind of a, a home and home uh, series with those guys. the The prior year we played them, they came to Chapel Hill, and um, they didn't know who was going to start at quarterback. And then we found out they were going to start a freshman, and we like, "Okay, we're going to wear his ass out." <laughs> and uh, little did we know, they was rolling out Donovan McNabb, and they beat us that year. And then the next year, we went up to Syracuse, and we and we kind of beat them. Uh, the, the, the previous year, we were not very good on offense. We turned the ball over a whole lot. You know, we were steady on defense. And then the next year, we were really good on defense, and we went up there in the Carrier Dome and beat those guys. But, uh, you, you know, I just, the thing about it is, like, we, we, we thought they was rolling out this freshman, but little did we know they, they was rolling out a guy who was going to be a, a Hall of Famer at some point. Heck of a football player there. The one thing
1: um, we did obviously see the um, the draft there, you went 17th overall. You After the NFL career, you did seven years of, of scouting. Mm-hmm. Looking at um, specifically the Bengals draft this year, kind of putting your scouting cap on, what can you talk about with,
4: say, Miles Murphy or some of our other picks? Yeah, I mean to be honest with you, by me being an ACC guy and, and I do the radio for the University of North Carolina. Now I do the color commentating for them uh, for the radio broadcast. So I'm more familiar with the ACC guys. Without keeping you know tabs on the whole draft as I did when I was scouting and even shortly after, uh, you know I like the Miles Murphy pick. I think he gives them a big body. He's explosive. Uh, you know I think if he can come to his earlier form at Clemson, I think he kind of dealt with some injuries later on uh in his career there but uh he's an explosive guy i think he also gives you versatility amongst the along the defensive line um I i like that pick a lot obviously with them they gotta they have to continue to address the offensive line and get that solidified with the starters as well as getting some backups and then i think also overall with their team they gotta start looking out into the future with acquiring some younger guys at the skill position because as much as we love those skills guys it's going to be hard to pay every single body. Somebody's going to have to walk, and you're going to have to have somebody in the building that's ready to take up
3: space. Yep. And, and if everybody remembers, uh, you know, the what gave us two picks in the first round that year in 1998, uh, the Bengals dealt uh, Dan Wilkinson, Big Daddy Dan Wilkinson, to the Washington Redskins. We got that 17th pick. Because yep. of that, we got E. D- Sims. So, uh, hell of a deal. We got two hell of linebackers there. Um, and, and Brian being in the top, if you guys remember um, – the Bengals did it at the 50th anniversary, and they tied, named their top 50 players in Cincinnati football history, and B. Sims was 47 on that list. Man, so a very steady, long-term uh, stud athlete here, uh, linebacker here in Cincinnati. So, hey, B, let's
4: Jim, get it. I, hey Jim, let me say this about that. I, I was very happy to be 47, and I, I could make an argument that I, I that I you know you could put three other guys in front of me. But I'm like, if you're gonna put me in the 50, I should have been higher than 47. That's, I'll just say that.
3: You know what? We're gonna read. <laughs> we're gonna redo the top 50, Brian. We'll, we'll get you there. We'll get you there.
4: <laughs> hey, but but in the same token, I can make an argument by not being in there. It's probably some guys, you know. But but I'm like, if you're gonna put me in there, I think uh, I think I could
3: have been higher than 47. But All but right. I'm appreciative of that honor. All right, so 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 the the Blackburn family's watching right now. Where should you <laughs> have been on that list? <laughs> <laughs> 27, 27. Uh, hey, so we got some video here, uh, B-Sims. And, you know, I uncovered some stuff here. Just going back in memory lane, man, watching some of these old games, man. It just brought back so many memories. I'm going to play this video. And I'm putting you on the spot. And we've never had a player disappoint us. Every time we play a video, every player remembers their plays, man. So right. 2001, we're going to start with. Uh, Bengals near – we don't say – we say city near West Virginia, B-Sims. Right. We don't we don't it right. by their name. So yeah. – Watch this video here. I remember it like it was yesterday, but we're going to talk about this game here.
2: ...to be a lapper. Until holder Josh Miller fumbles a snap and a field goal. Robert Bean picks it up. Tommy, the lateral, the Brian of the Bengals.
3: Yeah, well, I think defensively, I think they've been a pretty good ball club all year. A lot of those... Did- so, be talk about that. 2001, city near West Virginia at home. Bengals win this game 26-23, but a hell of a lot of things happened in that game. Yeah, it did.
4: Um... Uh- <laughs> The one thing I remember about that game, it was cold. I remember it being cold, and it, and if you look at me run, I barely can get my knees up because it's so cold, <laughs> and I got on tights, and I got on different layers, man, so I'm layered up. Uh, so my knee lift wasn't very good on that. But what I did know is once I got out in front of the crowd, I knew I wasn't going to get caught. And, and so uh, I think that was Robert Bean who did a good job of scooping up that fumble and, and and having the IQ to, to look and to pitch it. Uh, and once I caught it, I felt pretty good about my chances of scoring. Uh, and I can't remember if that was a PAT or a field goal attempt, but that was a big play in the game. And anytime you can score on special teams, that's
3: a big momentum booster. Yeah, a little 56-yard touchdown there. Um, so crazy! Some other crazy things that happen in a game. John, Kittner so I guess for that a-
4: answered the question about being a PAT or field goal, right? <laughs> <there>. Yeah.
3: Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, right. Uh, so I'm trying to think. You had a sack in that game. You had a touchdown in a game. Kitten at those for over 400 yards. Yep. Um, you guys had an onside kick late in that game, recovered it, go down, scored to tie the game up. An extra point wins it. Neil Racker misses the extra point. Yep. You guys go to overtime. Uh, you guys go to overtime, and Neil Racker wins that game at overtime. We beat the city near West Virginia 26 23. But I, Tom and I were talking about this game earlier. But being, uh, I'm telling you, we were, remember how we were sitting in the stadium watching that game it was cold as hell but it, it was a big win against a a, a a division rival
4: no question anytime you know how it is anytime you could beat that team up there that's a good feeling you know anytime i remember i want to say it was my it was either my rookie year or my second year we went 3 and 13 and two of the wins were against Pittsburgh Steelers and uh so as bad as it is to go 3 and 13 it
3: felt good that two of them was you know against the Steelers all right so we're going to go your second touchdown, uh, again, your first touchdown at home here in Cincinnati, second touchdown. We're not going to talk about the game. We're just going to talk about the play because the game wasn't very good. 2002, <laughs> Bengals versus the Bucks. Try to get something done. No Dilger the tight end, shifted in the backfield. It's picked off. Reynard Wilson. That's Brian
2: Simmons, the middle linebacker. Simmons with the interception and a touchdown for
0: Cincinnati.
3: So you got to remember that that play as well. That, that turf was absolutely awful. Field goal yep. kicker slipping, you're slipping. But yep. uh, the only touchdown in that game, right there for you, for the Bears. Yeah, yeah.
4: I, I remember, you know, one of the cardinal rules on defense: if you're if you're on the backside of trips, what do you expect? You expect slant on the backside. So I was just sitting in the hook, reading the quarterback, and he never saw me, or at least he act like he didn't. Uh, and then I was just looking to jump it, but I really was just reading the quarterback. And then once I saw it, I believed it and then made a play on it. You know, I was always confident to run through the football to make a, to make a catch uh, because I felt like I had pretty good hands. So I was able to run through the football, but, but at the end of the day, it was just having some pre-snap awareness, understanding you're on the backside of trips and, and not having anything pushing me vertical to, to get me off my spot and to being able to just to sit there and read the quarterback and jump the slant.
3: Yeah. it's And that was the year. And if I'm, if, Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. I think that was the year the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the Super Bowl, too. They were they were stacked on both sides yes. of the ball.
1: Yep. I'm gonna say at the end of that video, looked like John Gruden wasn't too uh,
4: happy with E Brian for picking off his QB. Yeah, he should have been mad at his quarterback because that was a bad <laughs> <ball>. <laughs> <laughs> All
3: right. Last video. And as we're watching, as you're watching right now on YouTube, uh, Twitter and Facebook, make sure you're typing in questions uh for Brian. We're gonna try to get to we're gonna get to some viewer questions for sure before he has to head out and pick up the fan from the airport here. Uh, This game right here, 2004, uh, a really big day in Cincinnati. We're going to watch the video. Then we're going to talk about this game because this is a a really big game all Bengal fans that were around during that time should remember.
1: First and 20, Feely. Brian Simmons has the interception
5: and a 50-yard touchdown. I think they call that going
4: downhill. I think so.
5: (laughs) Oh, man.
2: Brian Simmons just looked at his eyes, and AJ Feeling threw it right to him. Well, you know Take what? Take a look at it here. Look at it. He's trying to throw a little short guy,
1: and the back doesn't go out. He stays in. Well, that's Chris Chambers. That's just inexperience of a quarterback and a wide receiver not working together. Remember, last week,
4: even though AJ.
3: So, B, you remember that one? I do remember that one.
4: Uh, I had missed a couple games before that. I think I had knee surgery. Uh, I had a knee scope, and that was my first game back. And if I'm not mistaken, was that, you know, when Marvin aired, that was the first primetime game we had, I think. Um, And so I remember the stadium being crazy. Uh, The first night game, Monday night, uh, you know, obviously I was excited to get back on the field and play. And then we were just sitting in cover two, and I was just sitting on the tight end. Once again, if you can see me, I'm flat-footed because I'm not really worried about the tight end being able to run past me. Uh, And it was basically an option route. The the tight end sat down, uh, hooked it in. I guess the quarterback thought he was going to, you know, run it out, but I was all over it. He shouldn't have threw it anyway, and I I just jumped it. Uh, And then once again, it it looked like the same play as the Tampa play, kind of the same deal. The only difference was I was on the tight end. Uh, reading the option route, sitting on that, and then the other one, I was just, but it, but really, I was doing the same thing. I was standing flat footed, reading the quarterback.
3: Yeah, it's funny. So, B, you hit it right on the nose, man. That was Monday Night Football, uh, the first Monday Night Football game in Cincinnati in like forever. Uh, yep. We had no no primetime games. We got that Monday Night game, and that was the first game. Uh, that was Carson Palmer's debut. Uh, that that Monday night, uh, that Monday okay. Night game. Yeah. Cincinnati was a buzz. It was just. Felt good to get back in prime time. Yep. Um, now, now it's commonplace. B we we get them all the time now. So no question, no question. But, but back in the day, we did, man. But uh, and the Bengals come back. Bengals win that game here, Monday Night Football, sixteen to thirteen. But yep. Brian Sims, that's a uh, Brian Sims, a big uh, touchdown uh, that game as well.
4: If, if so, I can remember correctly, we were, offense. We weren't doing really well, uh, and I think that was the first score of the game, or at least the first touchdown, and maybe. Uh, but I know that was kind of what got it started, and then from there, defensively, we played pretty good that whole night. Um, and then once again, if you can score on defense or special teams, you give yourself a great opportunity
3: to win a football game. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You and you don't disappoint man. We've never had a player on. We've had players from the '70s, '60s, '80s, '90s on the show, and everybody remembers these. They're they're these. It's crazy. It's crazy. It is how- crazy.
4: And, and what's crazy about that? Same guy might not remember where he parked his car at the grocery store. <laughs> <But here's- laughs> <True> story, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm included in that too. So I'm not, story. Not about
3: <laughs> too funny, uh, Tom. I know you had another one.
4: It, Brian.
2: Lots changing with the linebacker position in the pros. Uh, you know, one linebacker sometimes, two linebackers, seeming the main thing. You were in that elite cluster during your time in the league, as one of the league's mm-hmm. best. And with your your eye as a scout and a coach. What do you think of our two main guys right now, Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson? How do you see them uh, in the pros?
4: Yeah, I, I like both of those guys, I I, I think. And, and to be honest with you, Pratt is a much better pro than I thought he would be. Um, and that's credit to him and his work ethic and how he studied. Uh, because coming out of college, I thought he was more of a straight line, almost a first and second down type guy, which in today's NFL is, is a killer. That's a stock killer. Saying a first and second down guy uh, because those guys don't play a whole lot. And, and nobody, you know, when, when I came out, you know, the big stud Mike linebacker that could come downhill and split a helmet open. Uh, nobody wants that guy. That guy doesn't get drafted anymore. Um, you know, you have to be able to play three downs. You got to be able to play in space. You got to be able to run with tight ends and and running backs and and, and even protect yourself against slot receivers now. Uh, but but I like those two guys. They make a lot of football plays. The scheme is awesome for those guys. Uh, and, and I'm a fan of both of those guys. Thank you. All, All right, Jimmy, we, uh,
1: yep, we got some viewer questions. Uh, one from GH Bulldog. When we watched that uh, draft video, uh, Brian, one of the comments was uh, a new weapon for Dick LeBeau um, and his defense. So GH Bulldog asked, what was your favorite Dick LeBeau moment? Or story, or anything you want to share about uh, Dick LeBeau?
4: Yeah, uh, so I mean, I know you guys heard this, but but uh, Coach LeBeau loved Christmas, and you know he would come in and 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 do his little Christmas spiel, and 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 Coach LeBeau, man, like it, it. I don't know if I have one moment, but it, if you know Coach LeBeau, if you've been around Coach LeBeau, Coach LeBeau is the coolest coach you will ever be around. Like he he can relate to everybody. Uh, he's a straight shooter. Uh, and he was consistent every day. You got Dick LeBeau. You didn't get a different guy on Monday than what you got on Wednesday. Uh, and 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 the thing about it is, Coach LeBeau would let you know how many interceptions he had in his career too, and he would let you know how many games he played in a row. Uh, so you know he's a guy that that was not only a great coach, uh, but a lot of people don't know how good of a football player he was. And and in his own way, doing and it mostly came doing. Uh, pre-practice stretch he would let you know both of those things he would let you know how many picks he had and if you were a guy that missed practice he lets you know how many games he had played in a row but uh but but you don't get any better than coach the I mean you don't as a football coach uh and, and playing linebacker in his scheme if you can play and you can run and you can make plays you're gonna make plays and uh and I love playing for him in that scheme uh me and Taquio, uh we we were able to make a lot of plays because coach the uh, trusted us. He knew we knew what we were doing, and he would give us a lot of leeway to kind of freelance and and make stuff up on the fly.
1: You mentioned Dick LeBeau and Christmas. I don't know if I've heard that before. Maybe the other guys have. What you want to elaborate on uh, his love for Christmas?
4: Well, he would he would always tell the same. Uh, I don't know what you call it uh, the Christmas tale, and he had he put his own little spin to it. Uh, and I forgot exactly what it was because it was a long time ago. But but the next guy that you have Willie, I I know who Willie Anderson. The next time you talk to Willie Jim, Willie will tell you exactly what it is. Uh, But but between sometimes you got to talk to four or five of us to get all the details because everybody (laughs) can get a different piece. (laughs) But I'll 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 at least set the stage for you guys and I'll leave it up to y'all to get the rest of the details. Uh, All right, fair yeah. enough.
1: We, we need to do another reunion show. Uh, we've done a couple of those where we've got like seven or eight of uh, you yeah, guys yeah. on from from a team. That'd be a lot of fun. So we, we need we, to schedule should, that for uh, season four.
3: We you should we, do that every year. That
1: that should be an annual thing. That really should I be agree. Happen. We're working on. I agree.
3: Fun. That was fun. One
1: hundred percent. Cookie Girl asked your favorite
4: um, teammate for when you played for the Bengals, Brian. Well, you know, obviously me and coming in in the same year being drafted at the same position, uh, going through some of the things together. He and I uh, kind of, you know, that was my my closest teammate uh, in Cincinnati uh, playing together for the first five years. Uh, you know, we would come in on the off days and work out together, watch film together, uh, go upstairs, talk to Coach Duffner, uh, get game notes, uh, you know, eat. You know, we would do all of that. He would come to my house when my wife cooked and uh, whether my mother-in-law was in town and she cooked. So. Uh, that that for me that's an easy one our buddy paul
1: asks uh not really a question but talks about uh saying we need those old uniforms back i think a lot of people are are fond of the old uniforms we know we unveiled uh, the white helmets uh any thoughts on on the uniforms whether
4: yesteryears or the current one as a guy who wore the Reebok uniforms versus and the Nike uniforms, I'll, I'll take the Nike uniforms. I, I I like the new uniforms and and that all white look with the white helmet. I mean that please, man, please. You, you you can't get any better. And I'm a fan of all white uniforms. And then when you throw that white bingo on top of it, man, that that was a clean look. That was a clean look. Let's do uh, right. one more viewer question, James. One more.
3: I got the uh, Greg Luther. Just got a good one. Yeah.
1: Yep, I've got it here. Uh, our buddy Greg. um, how much of an impact did Coach Lewis have um, when he took over the team
4: versus what you uh, were dealing with before, Brian? Um, I mean, I think I think to say the team would be minimizing what he brought to the table. Like he really changed the organization, and and I'm not saying that as a as a knock to the Brown family or the Blackburn family, but you know, just getting the outside perspective of the NFL, uh, him coming in with his own. Uh, kind of game plan and bringing new ideas and, and fresh ideas and 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 quite frankly, you know, him being hired and having the leverage that he would had getting hired, um, he had the 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 cachet to kind of come in and say, you know, we need to do this and and change. So, uh, you know, I talked about when I came into the to the league and and I came into that locker room, kind of how un- unorganized it was, uh, the the lack of accountability. Coach Lewis brought all those things to the table, and and I know a lot of Bengals fans kind of take coach lewis for granted and they knock him for not winning the playoff game but you got to think what was going on before he got there and and Roof. to get and and he set the stage for what's going on now in my opinion and you have to get a new coaching staff credit and obviously when you can get a guy like joey burrow that makes your life a lot easier uh but but coach lewis i don't think as, as much as people like him and love him in cincinnati i don't think he
3: gets his just due yeah i i, I agree with you buddy we uh we were here before, we were here during, we were here after. And we know where that foundation started, where we're at today. Uh, Coach Lou started that foundation where we're at today. Without man. a, doubt. I, without without a doubt. Tom, shoot one more, then we'll close it out. I know he's got to get. Go ahead, Tom. No, one teammate
2: that could make you laugh. Who was the guy <laughs> in the in the locker room that could break it up and make you laugh?
4: Man, we had a bunch of those guys. We might have had too many. We, I mean, <laughs> we we had a bunch of those guys: Javon Lankford, Renard Wilson, Adrian Ross. Uh, man, we, I mean, we had a bunch of guys: Corey Dillon, Chad Johnson. I mean, ego, Darnay Scott, Carl Pickens. uh shoot, Man, I, I could I could go on and on and on. Uh, especially when I first got there, uh, the amount of characters we had in that locker room. Uh, man, it, it it was crazy, and you couldn't be faint of heart. If you were faint of heart and you were weak and thin skinned, you were not going to survive in that locker room.
3: <laughs> so it's funny. Yeah. CD CD last week was talking about the guy that made him crack up more than anybody was Adrian Ross. I had I had no idea Adrian Ross w- was that type of guy, man. Oh, yeah. so that, that's
4: funny oh, no enough. question, no question. Straight comedian. We what yeah, we would do funny. after the games. Uh, you know, on the way back home, Adrian Ross would get the 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 microphone and he'd be over the speaker on the plane and uh and it would just be a straight comedy show for you know 30, 40 minutes. Uh but man, we we used to have some fun. Uh but no, Adrian Ross is uh he was definitely one of the team comedians.
3: Too funny. Well, A B, we know you've got uh some some a family to pick up at the airport, brother. So look, man, uh Look, I, I don't think you understand the love and, and passion that this fan base has for you and the teams that you played on because there wasn't much to root for during some of those times early in your mm-hmm. career, right? Yeah. And you, yeah. there were people like you and Tequil and, and Willie and uh and CD and these guys, you guys were the reasons we still came and, and and came to those games, man. And and I know it started turning turning around for you later in your career here, man, but we appreciate everything you've done for this organization the city you're part of cincinnati football history brother and, and i we promise you one thing as a fan base uh we're fighting for these guys to get into the hall of fame right now we're we're happy for Ken riley we're in the senior committee voting right now we're trying to push for ken anderson willie anderson uh you know and, and cd and chad and all these guys need, yep. need to be in there man one thing we will promise you brian that your legacy will never be forgotten in this town and this city uh, for what you did for us as fan base and this, this organization. So we appreciate you uh, so much, B. Hey man,
4: I appreciate that. And I also appreciate the work that you're doing for those guys. Cause I see it, uh, you know, with Willie and, and, and getting Ken Riley in, that's big time and, and hopefully Ken Anderson here short and Corey Dillon. I mean, if Corey Dillon not a hall of fame running back, you need to get 10 of those guys out of there that's in there now. So, yes. uh, you know, but I appreciate the work you're doing on behalf of some of my teammates. Uh, because those guys were really great players, and I think because we played for the Bengals in those lean years, they don't get the respect league-wide
3: that they should. Agreed. Yes, sir. We're with you. We're with you. Well, B, we appreciate. It. Tell the fan we said, hey, we, we thank you for uh, making time for us. I know you've been all over the place with airports and and, and plane delays and everything, but we appreciate you being with us, bud. Hey, I appreciate being on anytime. All right, big dog. Hey, Thanks, Brian. Appreciate
4: it. thank you.
2: Great guy. Look, look hey, uh, look who look, showed up.
6: Look who <laughs> showed up.
3: Today. What's going on, guys? <laughs> hey, so uh B Sims, man, what a just a just a great dude, man. This dude is just I mean, everything we talked about, Tom, when he played, right? What kind of player he was, you saw that in, in that discussion just now, man. He was just class.
2: All the way. You know, hard worker, consummate, bro. He was he was a worthy first round pick. You know, uh, 100 tackles several times. Lead the team in tackles consistently. You know, and a leader. So you know, but like he said, the Bengals' head did have some legitimate stars on those teams, but the team overall was so terrible they don't get recognized.
3: True. Uh, he, they know it. We see it. But uh, that was a great conversation, man. It was fun talking to him. And and uh, <laughs> you know, it. He made he made the first comment that I've ever heard a player make because we've had. Ken Anderson, Bob Trumpy, these guys are in their 70s. And we'll we'll do a play and show a touchdown. And Ken Anderson was not just talking about that play that he remembered. He would talk about five or six plays that led up to that play from 1972, right? And he's these guys remember these plays like it was yesterday. And it's amazing. But he was joking around, like, yeah, we remember plays from 15, 20, 30 years ago, but don't remember where my car keys are <laughs> sometimes or where we parked the car. But that was cool stuff from uh B. sams man, he's a good dude. So, before
1: we go into uh, Tor- Tony's segment, want to wish uh, Andrea a uh, happy birthday. I think she turned twenty-five years old today. So, uh, congratulations to uh, Andrea.
0: Twenty-five like in much- the pro
3: shop. Oh, she's, she's legal. She can now have a drink. She, she
1: can now have a drink. She, you know, if you've been down to the pro shop, or maybe you're one of the watchers, listeners from uh, from out of town. She will gladly give you a tour around Paycor Stadium. You can get those uh, set up through the Bengals. So, anyways, happy birthday, uh, Andrea.
3: <laughs> She's trip. She's good people too, man. So, hey, let's get into this, man. We uh, Tony has an update for us on our what we're in the middle of right now. So, Tony, give everybody an update, kind of let everybody know what's going on.
5: Yeah, so uh, we're continuing to push our uh, first uh, duck race. Uh, it's going to be next week um, that we will uh, pull that lucky winner. And uh, we're uh, at 41 Ducks, so uh, get out there and make sure you buy your duck. It's $25 uh, a chance. Get you entered into our uh, lovely duck race that we, uh, that Tom does a great job at. Uh, we're going to be giving away that print there, Up Yours, Tennessee, and that pylon that you just saw, both signed by uh, Mr. Karras himself. And uh, we're working this through uh, Cincy Hats, um, which is uh, Ted and Matt are very passionate about, and the charity that we're working with.
3: Yeah, so... Forty one ducks, that's over a thousand dollars. Uh we're trying to at least get to that uh that two thousand. If we get to a hundred ducks, that'd be awesome. Get over two thousand duck dollars for those guys. But uh just another quick update, Tony, on, on the charity dollars we're at uh as of today.
5: Yeah, we're over thirty-three thousand dollars. Uh this doesn't count uh, what's already uh in the mix here for the duck race that we're working on now. So uh uh Who Day Nation is doing a great job. Um and we haven't really even started the season out. Um you know, yet so I'm really excited about our, our goal this year and what we can help to do, and the charities will be helping. So, looking forward to the year.
3: So, if you have not purchased a duck, uh, please do so. I'm going to share a link right now. Uh, put it into chat area. Uh, Twenty five bucks goes to a great cause, and uh, it, you know, with, with uh, man, looks like we lost connection with Cincy Jungle there for a minute here, uh, but that. That money, what centers that charity, that specific charity. If you know the KAA, Ken Anderson Alliance, helping um, uh, adults with disability here in the Cincinnati area, the charity that that we're focusing on for this does the same thing up in the Indianapolis area, right, Tony? Pretty much the same thing, almost mirror. And I know uh, Teddy, Ted Karras, and Ken have been Ken Anderson have been talking. There's got to be some things probably that they'll be able to uh, work together on in the near future. But it's a it's a great cause. Uh, and it's it's it just a, it's a it's not a Cincinnati, but it is Indianapolis. And we got a lot of season ticket holders, including James uh, on our screen here from the Indianapolis area as well. So so good stuff, good update on that. And uh, probably within the next right before the season starts for sure, Tony's going to give you guys a walk down of every charity that we have identified this year for our duck races, for the most part, and every home game that we have, uh, and what we're doing, and some of the things that are going to be completely different uh, this year with a lot of help from a lot of different businesses around the area. So we got a lot of stuff going on, uh, on the charity front. And, you know, when you when you, when you guys hit $130,000 last year, how do you, how do we exceed that and, and, and help, um, local charities even to a greater extent? And I think we have some plans that are really going to do that. So, I uh, can't wait uh, for the season to get started, not just for the, the games, but man, the charity focus is going to be awesome.
5: Yeah. Just um, to add to that, Jimmy, I, you know, the, the, overwhelming response that we've had with people asking for you know to be included in our program and, and our tailgates is phenomenal and uh, we got a couple of spots left for the duck races but keep them coming keep the requests coming and you know we'll try to get you in there when we can if not this year next year and um the biggest thing is this, this isn't just about money it's about bringing attention and um conversation around these charities to help them out and understand them so i, I think it's a really good thing that we're doing and uh, just gr- glad to be a part of it
1: you know, along That's those fun, lines, right? there there are so many people reaching out. Whether it's um, the DMs that we get on on one of the social media channels, and and rest assured, you know, in a perfect world, we could get to to everybody, but uh, we're doing our best um, to to get to as many as we can. I think it was twenty six, twenty seven, plus the um, last year. But um, honestly, we're we're kind of inundated with with requests, whether it's for um a a small um football team that um has a a crappy field and and looking for safety equipment and things like that for them or whether it's you know something big like the make a wish um, foundation that we're going to do um the first game so trust us um tony jimmy you know we're trying to get through all these um requests and, and in a perfect world we can get to them all but um we're, we're doing what we can because it, it seems like every day there's a there's a handful of them coming in and um, you know we'll we'll get to you just just be
3: patient yep, yep. all right uh, let's go ahead and switch gears real quick guys we wanted to get in some conversation about there's a lot of confusion right now about the Hall of Fame process so there's there's basically two separate tracks that these things are running on right now so right now we're focused on the senior committee where Ken Anderson is one of the 31 finalists okay? Willie Anderson is, a, is another conversation. He's not in the senior committee. So, Tom, let's kick this off. I'm gonna put a I'm gonna put a graphic up here because we have gotten an overwhelming amount of direct messages about what is the process. So let's walk them through the timeframes here, Tom. I put a, a quick graphic together that Tom's gonna walk you through right now.
2: Well, like you said, Jimmy, there are 31 semifinalists that were recently named. Ken Anderson is one of them, as he was last year, On July 27th. That list of 31 will be trimmed down to 12. Last several years, Ken Anderson has been one of those 12, certainly deserving so, and uh, there needs to be a federal investigation if he's not one again this year. And then the committee will meet, and from that list of 12, they will shave things down to the three finalists, the three senior nominees that will go to the committee as a whole uh, early in February before the Super Bowl, where they're voted on to be put into the Hall of Fame. Uh, a lot of people think it's just simply once you're nominated, you know one of those final three when you're nominated, a lot of people say it's just a formality. It's not done till it's done. But um, the the you know Ken Riley, being a finalist last year, was voted into the Hall of Fame. In fact, I think he had the most support of all those senior nominees. And this year, you know, we it will be tough. The, the next three from last year will probably be the nominees this year. Um, what we need to do is either get Ken Anderson in, get him in as one of those three, or definitely in that top six. And again, we, we're we're astounded, uh, Jimmy and I in particular, when we talk to some of the voters and some of the media around the country. Uh, there there are admittedly a lot of guys probably the majority that do their homework on this. And then a lot of guys that, well, you know, we have to point out to them that Ken Anderson won four NFL passing titles, four. And in the list of all the guys that have won passing titles where he ranks there. And a lot of them simply don't know that. So, you know, while it's a very small part, it is a part. If you can hear it, review Ken's career, point out his positive attributes. He's a Hall of Fame player. He he was one of the great quarterbacks of an era that was full of Hall of Fame players. And all of his peers want him in there. Um, nobody seems to know why he's not in there except for the voters. So social media, in your voices, everything else, support our worthy Bengals. And in the senior category,
1: that would be Ken Anderson. Yeah. Of the 31 semifinalists, Tom, how many –
2: of those are quarterbacks? The, you know, this year, I do not know. I didn't count. I looked down on that. I do know overwhelmingly uh, when you read an article from a legitimate football historian, they will all pretty much, and there's been a little bit of a push for Roman Gabriel, uh, the, the great Ram quarterback of the 60s and and, and uh, went to a Pro Bowl with the Eagles in the 70s, but they'll they'll all agree. Ken Anderson is the best quarterback, not in the Hall of Fame. That's eligible, you know, certainly in in that category.
3: And, and Tom, th- with, what's interesting about that, too, the four passing titles, he's the only quarterback to do that twice in two different decades, twice in the 70s, twice in the 80s. So um, I, I'm looking at the list right now, uh, James, to your question. Uh, Charlie Connerly uh,
2: from the Giants. Quarterback.
3: Yeah, for the Giants, 1948 to 61, and that is the only other – I'm almost to the end of the list here, guys. Um, those, those I, are the only think
1: I guess my point was I didn't think there was many. Maybe one, two, three at, at most, and you're saying it it. like two, Jimmy? He's, he's
2: not That's just it. the best quarterback not in the Hall of Fame – uh, they're like uh, we're gonna have him on as a guest at some point in August. There was a an article written too long ago that listed him as overall the second best player.
3: Not that's in the, not Hall, of the Hall,
2: Hall of Fame. That's that's yeah. been overlooked. And we're gonna have the the gentleman that wrote that article on in in August uh, <clears throat> sometime after this year's uh, Hall of Fame ceremonies. But you know he he did. You okay, Mark?
6: Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> but uh he uh you know it's it's every bit the injustice that ken riley had uh right. that ken anderson is not there and i just don't understand you know over my my right shoulder is the it's the main reason a great Bengals team big due to market size and the fact that they played in an era with the steel curtain steelers you know gets overlooked but you know that was also an era where only four teams made it to the playoffs every year. You know the Bengals were 11 and 3
3: and didn't make 10 the and
2: 4 and not not making the playoffs. So uh, they, they were a, a great powerful team and they had a, an elite fantastic quarterback. I mean four passing titles in that era with those great quarterbacks that were his peers.
4: says an awful lot.
3: Yeah, so so a lot of people are asking what can they do still look I truly believe you the fan made a small uh, played a small piece in getting Ken Riley into the Hall of Fame. the national media couldn't disregard us they had to hear and listen and there was all kinds of national discussion uh, around Ken Riley uh, let's do the same thing and that platform was pretty easy right it's post as much stats and information as you can but positive be positive nothing negative don't don't say anything to, to the voters specifically. But share, um, you know, put Ken in, jungle to the hall. uh, But just let's get Ken Anderson's name trending uh, on social media over the next couple weeks because it's important. It really is. Okay. All right. As Mark's wallpaper is falling down again. Put him on big screen there. Uh, (laughs) All right.
1: Hold on.
3: Hold on. Hold on. There it is. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I will say for somebody
6: who didn't get to watch uh, him live, watching the highlights and talking to people, just how athletic he was as a quarterback. I mean, just watching him run, making throws on the run, his arm was powerful. It was just, It's just amazing to watch just how athletic he was as a quarterback.
1: Mark, you need to use duct tape, not blue uh, painter's tape.
6: I it's all I could find. <laughs> Brooklyn used all my duct tape. I don't have any more duct tape right now.
3: Don't blame uh, the kids. Gosh. Blaming the kids. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's change gears again here. Uh, let's. Some big news this week, guys. Uh, uh, Joe Mixon resigning. Uh, you know this this week is is a big deal. I I well, just let's talk about it, man. Let's open up for discussion. Is there any comments you guys have? Are you are you happy let's, Joe's you, coming back? Not, I, not resigning. Not resigning. Taking. I'm pick. sorry. Re- renegotiated his contract. I'm sorry. Restructuring. Restructure. Tony, give us a breakdown on those numbers again.
5: Uh, so basically, for this year, he took a 4.4 4 million dollar cut uh, for 23, but he's still going to get two million dollars incentives. Uh, and as you know, with that 4.4, 4, that opens it up uh, for the cap space too. So uh, looking good to maybe look at the Joe Burrow, Higgins. Um, you know, those those type of extensions and signings that we need. So and then next year. Uh, I do believe it's a $5.67 million. He's going to take my um, cut for for 24. So um, yeah. pretty substantial amount of money, really. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I, look, man, I, I, what I didn't want to do, um, you know, people were kind of on and off the bandwagon with Joe Mixon last year. And then he had some, he struggled, I think early in the year. Uh, he came back and had one hell of a game. I don't know. I can't remember who it was, but he scored five touchdowns. Uh, maybe it was the Falcons. Uh, I can't remember. Um, so, but I, I, don't, I didn't want to go into the season with a rookie in the backfield. That's never a good recipe for success when uh, you've got uh, you know, a rookie in the backfield and maybe a, a second- or third-year player. But um, Mixon, Mixon's needed back there, guys, in the backfield. Tom, what's your thoughts?
6: Well,
2: you know, he's needed. He, he can run the ball. I still think he can run well. He was a little dinged up last year. He's also a very good receiver. Uh, I think Joe's weakness uh, was kind of shown last year Is as might be his blitz pickup his blocking, his pass blocking. But I I think, you know, I'd love to see him healthy all year and see what he can do. This is going to be the best offensive line he's probably had uh, since he's been there. So, you know, and and if we can get that running game going and, you know, maybe we have the depth behind him now where, you know, he doesn't have to tote the rock 22, 25 times a game. So he can stay fresh all year long. Uh, But also – Hats off to the Bengals front office. This is the first, just to show again, another change, the Bengals moving forward. This is the first restructuring of a contract that's taken place um, for the Bengals, you know, in in the modern era of the salary cap and so forth. So, you know, a big, big hats off to the front office and a hats off to to Joe to helping with the cause. and, And what Tony we. So we say between four and five million the next two years on the cap.
5: Uh, yeah, it's like uh, actually almost it's going to be almost ten I think over the next two years for the, okay. the cap base. You know, but if it's
2: if it's four million a year, um, you know we're going to need it. Uh, we'd all hope that jo- Joe Burrow would be extended by now. Hasn't happened, and with that, uh, I talked to a couple of guys in the press this week. Starts creeping in the lingering doubt. Not that Joe's going to. Eventually get re signed, but you know, just like you heard Brian Simmons, you know, how are they going to get how are they going to do it? How are they going to get T re signed? How are they going to get Logan Wilson extended? Um, so we'll have to see. Um, I'm cautiously optimistic, Jimmy. I think you're very optimistic they're going to get
1: all those guys locked up. James, Uh, what are your thoughts? Let's stay on this Mixon train a little bit. I, I guess I'm going to be the bad guy. I'll be devil's advocate here. The one thing you mentioned, Tom, is he doesn't have to carry the ball 20 to 25 times a game. Then why are we paying somebody that much money? You mentioned again we need we need the money for I don't know maybe long term deals. Um, are there other needs on the team we could use that money for? You know, one of the things I hear about uh, Joe Mixon, and again, this is nothing about him. He's a great locker room guy. Well, guess, guess who else we heard that about? C.J. Uzama. He went down the road, what, two years ago? And God bless him, we didn't miss him. So, again, kudos to the Bengals for shaving some money, saving some money there. But I would have liked to see seen a, a little more of a, a pay cut on, um, on that, um, simply because look at the, the top 20 NFL running back list. Mixon, uh I think was put out by ESPN today. Again, take a, a list with a grain of salt. Uh Mixon was nowhere to be found. Not even an honorable mention. I think there was twenty running backs on that list. So I guess I'll be the bad guy. Uh Brian mentions uh some uh, JP Ryan who we know we lost to um Denver this year. You know, I thought he had a better year uh last year than, than Joe. Um the one thing I'll say about Joe, he holds on to the rock, which is huge. Doesn't uh turn the ball over, but uh I'll be the bad guy saying it should have been more of a, of a haircut and again, put that money elsewhere.
0: Yeah,
3: you know, see, Dave, see. Go ahead. go ahead, Bob.
1: Dave Lapham uh, addressed this a little bit
2: and a little bit does come to loyalty. It's not that the Bengals haven't cut guys or, you know, shut down contracts early. They have, but as a rule, they don't like it. You know, Mike Brown looks at things as we gave our word to you to serve your contract. We expect you to do that to us. I mean, we had a quarterback walk out with time left on his, on his contract. And I think that was part of the bitterness. You know, he, he got to a point of his contract where he didn't have to pay any bonus money back. And then he said, you know, crap on you all. And yeah. I think the Bengals are mindful of that. They like being loyal and keeping their word. Um, so this was, you know, probably some maneuvering. I think if Joe said, no, I'm, I'm not, not going to restructure, he probably would have been released, but we're in an era in the NFL also where the days, you know, the Earl Campbells are done. Guys don't carry the ball 25, 30 times a game. That's part of the reason why anybody's good seems to be, other than Nick Chubb, seems to be washed up by the time they're 26, 27. You just can't beat those guys up over a 17-game regular season yeah. plus another three or four games to win the Super Bowl. So you have to have two or three running backs.
3: Hey, Tom, I think this is great. And, and, James, thanks for playing devil's advocate here. It's, it's one thing if we're all sitting here rainbows and unicorn. you, you got to have these type of conversations. So I appreciate what James is doing with this. But here's where I stand with Joe Mixon and, and why I love the resigning and how they restructured it. As the Bengals organization, you had one of three, three choices. What would you feel comfortable with as a fan base? Would you feel comfortable with a, a, a drafted rookie in the backfield, or two? Your option one is a rookie in the backfield, or two, uh, sign a free agent that's out there to put him in the backfield to learn the system, uh, learn something new, a new system in, in for the Bengals, uh, or somebody you have, you know, Joe Mixon, who has been with us, knows the system, knows the players, good go- locker room guy. The guys do love him. I, I think the Bengals did the right thing here getting Mixon, but I think I agree with Tom. Because I feel if he wouldn't have um, restructured his contract and he walked, we would have went down another road here uh, without any problem. But just tells you how close we are to a Super Bowl, guys. And and it should excite everybody. Because when you got players taking pay cuts to stay on this team, they know we're close. Joe knows we're close. Uh, But that's where I'm at with it, man. I I don't want to have a rookie back there and not have a vet. I wouldn't want a free agent coming in, trying to learn this system real quick. Uh, to get going here. I'm happy with Joe. I'm glad he's back there. I am excited about some of the new guys we got in the backfield there for sure. And and don't forget, we still got Chris Evans and, and uh, Travion Williams and, and uh, good grief. I forget- What's the rookie out of Illinois guys? I'm Chase sorry. Brown. Chase, Chase Brown. Brown.
1: And, and, and don't forget about Chris Evans. Chris Evans, is you know, back there limited uh, touches has shined, but it goes back to the conversation um, that Corey Dillon mentioned, you know, last week. And basically that the, the devaluation of the running back position. Again, um, you both said it. We, there's no longer that, that bell House, um, running back. We saw what Todd Curley get caught a couple of years ago. We saw, um, you know, Zeke's a free agent. Now you saw Dalvin cook who same draft as Joe Mixon, maybe some better numbers got cut up in, in Minnesota is currently a free agent going back to that ESPN list. He was number eight um, running back on that uh, list. And, He's a free agent, but I think, it, you know, I use the uh, analogy. They're like outfielders in baseball, a, a dime a dozen to take it for what it's worth. But um, in this day and age, you know, they, they have to do a little bit of everything, catch a ball in the backfield, block, especially pick up those blitzes. But uh, there's a lot of running backs out there. A lot of the talk was, um, you know, what Kansas City do last year. that a running back off the street and Jarek McKinnon, who played for gosh knows how many NFL teams, and Isaac Pacheco, who was – late round draft pick, I want to say seventh, maybe it was a sixth round pick. So, you know, I think the system is important. You know, what your line does up front, obviously having Burrow in the passing game is is important. But uh, at the end of the day's here, we're going to cheer for him. And, um, you know, hopefully uh, he'll lead us to, where's the uh, Super Bowl this year?
6: Vegas. Um, Vegas.
1: Vegas. There we go.
2: Vegas, one thing Vegas. I
6: will say about Mixon is I think also we're going to have to figure something out because the last couple of seasons, I think P Ryan was on the field at the end of the game for a certain reason. So uh, the coaching staff mix in, we're going to have to figure something out where mixing can be on the field uh, in third down and passing because it kind of tips our hand and kind of like what James said, when you pay someone that much money, you have to be able to put these players on the field and when it's third and long or a third and a passing down, he has to be out there for the passing and the running. So, that's not just on him; that's on the coaching staff as well. So I think that's one thing we definitely have to get worked out because P runs has on, and he was the third-down pass-blocking back that we had. Got it. Yep.
3: Well, guys, great discussion. Um, I think it's time.
4: Ah! No. Two-minute warning. <laughs>
3: If you were awake, if you yeah. you are awake <laughs> now. Crazy Chuck, my dude from Toledo. Uh, uh, let's go around the horn Let's start uh, my screen left. Uh, let's go, Tony.
5: Yeah, um, a great episode as always. Good player that we got to talk to. Uh, it's uh, don't don't forget about our duck race, uh, first one for the year next week. And Ted Karras, he's coming on. Uh, i looking forward to it. And uh, other than that, who day? Who day, buddy? Trying to get uh, hold on here. Jamie, Jamie's Jamie's uh, not here. With
1: that being said, I thought Tom said didn't Tom say in a text he was going to go uh, sleepless tonight, Jimmy? Did that not happen? But anyway, yeah. Mark, go ahead.
3: Who's supposed to?
6: Who's supposed to? Uh, it was just great seeing Brian Simmons. I love seeing the older players, especially the ones that uh, were on the team that weren't that good. I love them to be here and see how much we love them and how much respect we have for them. And I'm um, you know I'm just really just trying to enjoy the summer. I've I love football teams so much. So I'm just really trying to enjoy the summer and the warmth before it's zero
3: degrees outside again. So, hey, 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 James, leave him up there. If Uh, you've ever, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hey, so if you've ever met Mark, go up to him. This dude, his head is like this big, man. He's got to be, that hat barely fits him. Is that a big wall back there? All
6: right, Jim, I'll see you tomorrow. We'll talk
3: about this further. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, my bad. I had to do that to him.
1: Yeah, the morning meeting ought to be great at
2: the insurance company.
1: You know, it's, Tom, we have, if Jamie's going to miss all these episodes, and, and we want this women viewership to stay up, you know, you're second in command to to go sleeveless. So well, just, you go
2: sleeveless, sleeveless.
3: Tony, look, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, I I would
2: need need a good solid three months in the gym to even <laughs> be, to think about such things. Trust me, The no, no, no yeah, girl, girls don't turn into super grandpas. So, <laughs> they they want they want the Canadian they want some Canadian. That's, want. <laughs> That's
5: right, eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: um We're almost to training camp. We're what about uh, ten days away, Jimmy?
3: Yep.
5: From yep. The
2: first training camp, I don't know if uh, Bengal Jim will be in his exclusive non air conditioned uh, training camp skybox at all this training camp, but uh, probably not.
3: Uh, yeah I don't know yet.
2: okay stay tuned. But yeah stay tuned for, for the the updates that are really not updates, but uh, so we're almost there and uh, big ring of honor announcement coming within the next week right before training camp. So we'll uh, hopefully get a, a couple more big holes solved there and you know big things coming up. a great season ahead. Hope our team can stay healthy. Big celebration coming the the first week of August. Ken Riley into the Hall of Fame. Uh, I think Jimmy's going to be posting more information if you want to go up. Uh, where to where to get your your tickets? Where to see it? We he deserves a very very big contingent of Bengal fans to be up there. And I know a lot of the people we know are already going. So uh, let's let's fill that place up with orange and black, and then drown out all that uh, orange and ugly brown that'll be there for. Bengal Mike Hart's arch enemy, Joe Thomas, but uh, so no big week coming up and it's fantastic to see Brian Simmons. And uh, hopefully as Jimmy rounds out the evening, he will announce our guest for next week. But with that, we will give it to our intrepid explorer, James, world traveler.
1: It's good to uh, to be back on solid ground here. Uh, but no, great to, uh, way to kick off season four last week with um, both Sam and, and CD and continuing with uh, Brian. It's always uh, every time we have one of those legends on, there's always a little bit of uh, information. I did. First of all, I didn't know Dick Laveau had a Christmas fetish. So that's what I learned uh, tonight on, um, on Bangle gym and friends. And with that said, I think we need to plan another reunion show. That was a, a good point where we can get multiple players on from, from one team and let them banter back and forth. Cause those are, those are always fun. And, um, what is it? Two uh, two weeks from yesterday will be a um, big day up in in Canton. So uh, I know the Riley family has to be um, excited. Mark's falling apart down there. Matter of fact, Mark, somebody had a comment here, and they and Luke wanted to know why are you so close to the screen? I, mean, <laughs> I don't know.
3: I don't know. He, he's not. That's why <laughs> he's not enjoying <laughs> my face. Uh,
1: I, I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know. I just. You have to ask Luke, but, um, we digress. Um, again, we appreciate the, um, the fans tuning in. We appreciate the, the fans questions. If we, if you had a question, we couldn't get to it. We, we apologize. Blame Jamie. He's not here. So, um, you know, our favorite Canadian will, uh, will take all the blame. Oh, let's see, did Luke type something? Nope. Andreas just laughing at you, Mark. The birthday girl is just laughing at you. So, anyway, that was Jimmy, for her. I
6: hope she enjoyed her birthday. Was and her Lisa
1: says you're uh, not bougie. Not bougie. Not bougie. And 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 Paul says you never did a show with the '88 team. So put that That's on your being to-do worked list. On. Uh, Paul. That's being all right.
3: On it's being worked on. We just need to get a big name. We got a lot of these guys that we can lock up pretty easy, but there's one big name. We can't do the show without it. So we are working on that. Uh, we're hoping to have something kicked off with of that 88 uh, team uh, before the start of the season. So we're working on it. So I'll kind of Thank kick you. it off here. Yeah. So guys, thanks so much. Make sure I just uh, pop the charity uh, link in there again. Make sure you get a duck. If you could buy just one duck, you don't have to buy multiple ducks, just buy one, share it with friends and family. Uh, you don't want to miss the duck race next week, especially when we have uh, Ted Karras on uh, talking about it. Um, and if you remember, there's still people who really don't know what the hell the duck race season even is. If you remember, Kay Adams thought it was a real duck race, like we were stapling names to a ducks and throwing them in the pond. Uh, it's a virtual duck race. It's a virtual duck race. Uh, so, go like Tony said, watch, we're over, go back and if, watch
1: one of the past. You can go back and watch one of the the past shows. No ducks have ever been harmed in the probably the 30 plus duck races we've ever had. They've all uh, survived. No PETA, please don't call all is good. But, um, and if you haven't subscribed, go to YouTube and subscribe so you can, uh, miss all of our shows live now. And then that's one thing we have to talk about. We'll wait for our historian to, uh, let us know when we're making the, the switch to uh Tuesday nights.
3: But yep, yep. we'll, we'll talk way. about that. We'll talk about that next week for sure. Guys, real quick, just want to let you know, uh, there is, uh, basically a tailgate series hats of hats coming out. And I'm very excited to, uh, to be able to, what we're doing is tying different eras of football into the specific hats. Uh, a lot of Bengal history, uh, going into this. We've worked a new era who worked through the NFL to get approval for some of the stuff that we were doing. August 1st is the first drop uh, date of the first hat, the 1968 and 69 era hats, uh, that the, that we'll be doing, uh, uh, through Cook Sporting Goods, and they will absolutely. You can order those online; they will mail them to you as well. You don't have to live in a city and go down and pick them up. Uh, charity stuff we just talked about. Make sure you you buy a, buy a duck. August fifth is the induction ceremony up in Canton. It's not that long of a drive, guys. Get up there. Let's get as much or- orange and black as we can up there. Uh, and uh, just, I, I'm so excited for the family, the Ken Riley family. Uh, the family has worked just unbelievably hard to make this day happen and they're excited about it. Uh, and this is their day. Uh, this is their day, August 5th. So get up, buy tickets. There's still tickets available on the pro football hall of fame website for the induction ceremony. So get, make sure you get, get, get up there, bring a friend and bring a group, fill the car up and get up there and and, and wear your orange and black. Some significant, significant tailgate news coming up here. Uh, we hoped, we hope by next Sunday night, uh, we can share some of the details. There's so much stuff in the air right now. Uh, we've got some uh, just when you think you think things can't get any bigger or better uh, enjoying uh, the tailgate, we have some major stuff going on right now. So we hope uh, this time next week, we're going to be able to share some more significant details on what's happened with the tailgate. So uh, we appreciate you guys. Thanks so much for being part of this. Uh, what, what a first two weeks of, of season four, man. And then it's continuing next week. Ted cares. So if you have not talked to him or interacted with him, Please make sure you're part of this guy is absolutely one of us. He is a fan. Uh, if you're down jungle to the hall, you know what I'm talking about. This guy is a great dude, uh, but we look forward to seeing everybody next week. We appreciate you guys. See you next week and who day,
1: who day, who
3: day.